In the last episode of this podcast, I mentioned a concept called transactional equity, which I barely touched on in the interest of saving some time and staying on topic. But see, here's the thing. Transactional equity is a pretty cool concept. And if you can get a really good grip on what it is and how it works, you'll discover that it's a critical factor of your agreements that can turn a dud deal into something good and a good deal into something great. So stay with me as we take a brief, closer look at transactional equity in this episode of the Creative Real Estate Minute. You're listening to the Creative Real Estate Minute, a series of brief mini episodes of the Creative Real Estate Investing Podcast designed to deliver snack-sized bites of creative thoughts and insights for you to mentally chew on in between full-length episodes. Transactional equity and just plain old real estate equity share only one thing in common. The more of it that exists, the greater your profit potential for that deal. And of course, vice versa. The less that exists, the lower your profit potential. Beyond that, these two concepts are quite different. Real estate equity applies to the physical property itself and exists in just a single form. It is the difference between what a property is worth today and the amount that is owed on it today. In other words, a house worth $200,000 with a $150,000 mortgage has $50,000 in equity. It's just that simple. Now, transactional equity, by contrast, applies to the transaction itself and not the actual property. And since that means you're no longer confined to just one metric regarding a static physical property, you can now arrange for a multitude of differences or spreads to be created by simply writing them into living, breathing, ongoing contracts. This allows transactional equity to exist in as many as five different forms rather than just one, as in plain old equity. The first one, of course, is as a one-time spread between your contracted buy price and your contracted resale price, measured only once as a lump sum, kind of like plain old equity. Or, number two, it can also exist in a cash flow spread measured monthly between the lower payments that you're making on your buy side transaction and the higher payments that you're receiving from your buyer on your sell side transaction or from your tenant on your lease transaction. Or, number three, it can also exist in a principal paydown spread that's created by your faster principal paydown on your buy side transaction and your buyer's slower principal paydown to you on your sell side transaction. Or, number four, it can also exist in an appreciation spread between what the property is worth today when you're buying it and what it's going to be worth several years into the future when your term buyer eventually cashes you out. Or, number five, it can also exist in any combination of two, three, or all four of those transaction equity spreads occurring on any one deal. Now, as you learn more about the core complementary techniques that we had looked at in the last podcast episode, you'll start to see lots of simple tweaks that you can slip right into your agreements that can help you create multiple transactional equity spreads in each deal that you're doing. But to give you a simple example right now of how to do that, the single most effective strategy that you can use is something called interest rate arbitrage. Interest rate arbitrage is very simply agreeing to pay a low or no interest rate on a long-term buying transaction and then charging your buyer a higher interest rate on a long-term selling transaction on that same property. Just this one simple move can organically give you as many as three transactional equity spreads on a single deal. The first one, of course, is the monthly cash flow spreads that you would be getting from the higher monthly payments that are coming in than the ones that are going out. 
you'll also get a principal pay down spread from your principal balance paying down faster than the principal balance your buyer is going to owe you. And there'll also be an appreciation spread created by your lower contract price with your seller at today's value and your higher contract price with your buyer at the property's future value. But you know one of the best things about transactional equity? Regular equity usually has to be earned, either through hard work in the form of repairs and improvements, or through patience, waiting years for appreciation or principal loan paydowns to materialize. But transactional equity can often be earned much faster and easier simply through the right few strokes of a pen on a piece of paper without ever breaking a sweat or even a fingernail. Well, that's a wrap for now. Hope you got some value out of today's episode. If you like these podcasts, please take a moment to leave me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever platform you listen on. In the meantime, I'm Nick Mottarelli, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Creative Real Estate Minute.